0: Well, hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 160 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on October 23rd, 2022. Houston, we've still got a problem. Well, I suppose uh, the same stuff I say to put a rap on every season when the Yankees come up short can just be repeated year after year. Because it's just become evergreen content at this point. And listen, listen. I don't want these last couple of weeks of Yapping Yankees content to appear like it's totally negative even though they did make it to the ALCS again. I mean a great deal of it is just bad timing because since we spoke last last Sunday, positive things did happen. But last week's episode was for a good amount of it negative because the Yankees were down 2 to 1 in the series to the Guardians. It was before they won their two in a row to advance in very exciting and thrilling fashion. I had some hope in me that it would happen. I wasn't totally confident because the way they lost Game 3 was just completely demoralizing. It's not deniable. But I didn't get to talk to you right after all that. Like, right after they did win two in a row and come back in that series. Instead, I talked to you today, a week later, on Sunday the 23rd, as this team... I mean, you want to talk about being a son of the rock and the baby and who's who's daddy and everything this whole last week. You want to talk about being a son of another player or organization as a whole. Well, (laughs) all you got to do is look at how the Astros handle the Yankees. As we speak today, the Yankees are down three games to nothing heading into tonight's game. Game four. As the Astros are going for the ALCS sweep, about to beat the Yankees for the third time in about a half a decade, in the same round, the ALCS. But this time, somehow, in more maddening and embarrassing fashion than the last two times in 17 and 19. So again, not great timing for recording these episodes, making all of my postseason content this year appear negative given the circumstances for last Sunday's episode and now today's episode. But that's the hand we've been dealt. There have been positives in the middle that I have more than addressed on social media. If you've been riding along with me, then you'd know that. But that's the hand we've been dealt as far as the time to record Yapping Yankees. It's a weekly episode every Sunday. This is the hand we've been dealt timing-wise. And today's episode, I guess you can view it as sort of a reading of this team's last rites. Not to sound extra dramatic. (laughs) Some of you may not know what that means, but basically when, for those who don't know what it means, basically when someone is on their deathbeds, more or less, when they're about to die, just before they do die, a priest will come to read them what they call their last rites, just before they die. (laughs) Supposed to, and again... That's a more realistic situation in real life, and it's not to be laughed about. I'm just saying it might appear extra dramatic because I'm talking about it in the light of sports. I understand that, but I'm just trying to explain to you what it means as to what the mindset for today's episode is going to be in light of the Yankees being down three games to nothing and on the verge of being eliminated yet again to the same team yet again. So a priest will come to read them what they call their last rites just before they pass away supposed to help even more so with their journey into the afterlife, into heaven. Well, the Yanks are basically done at this point, but not officially as of yet. They're still alive. If they win tonight, then they'll live to fight another day for Game 5 at Yankee Stadium. So, unless for some reason you have any ounce of confidence remaining in this team's chances of beating Houston in general, let alone having to win four in a row to survive and move on to the World Series... Just before the Yanks are done, like I said, I guess today is sort of the reading of their last rights for 2022, per se. And I got people on social media and otherwise. I mean, I talk about this a lot because it happens a lot, it's very predictable at this point. But I got people on social media and otherwise telling me to stop being so negative. Mike, you're depressing. You're not acting like a fan should. Guys, what, what exactly would you like me to say? I mean, it's year after year of the same sort of heartbreaking end result. I'm positive when I'm given reason to be positive. And if you saw me on socials this past week, yeah, have I been negative all year about the Yankees and Astros head-to-head matching up? Yeah. Did I convey that? Yeah. (laughs) All throughout the season and when they were actually playing each other throughout. Did I have my doubts heading into the series? Yeah. I even predicted that the Astros would unfortunately win it. Is that a prediction I enjoyed making? Hell no. (laughs) Well, you think I like saying I think the Astros are just objectively going to beat the Yankees? I hate saying that. Tastes like vinegar. But I looked at how the Yankees had been playing, and I looked at how the Astros had been playing. I evaluated both rosters, and I came up with a prediction, as people who do what I do are supposed to do. But you know what? I still even said, despite all of that, I still said, heading in, that anything is possible, the playoffs are a crapshoot, and everything else. I still said all of that. Didn't count them out before the series started. Of course not. You'd be foolish to do that. The series hasn't even begun and anything could happen. But down 3-0, especially given the context of the past against the Houston Astros for the Yankees and us fans. And you're telling me that I'm being too negative or depressing. The writing's on the wall. What else am I being given here to be positive about? I mean, some of you, (laughs) some of you really need to get a grip. I mean, if you're one of those people, you really need a dose of reality here. I will never shame you for wanting to be optimistic and say the Yankees can somehow pull a miracle out of their ass. I will be the last one to tell you that you're wrong for feeling that way, and, and I hope they do. I'm a fan at the end of the day. I may get emotional at first because I'm a passionate fan. That's how I am. And if they do pull a miracle out, hey, I'll be the first one online to call myself a moron and say that I was completely wrong. And I'll be happy for them. I'll give the team the credit they deserve for doing something so incredible. I'm not going to shame the people, my fellow fans, for believing them. You could feel how you want. Just like I should be able to feel how I want without being attacked saying that I'm being too negative or depressing, even though the Yankees find themselves in the situation that they're in. I mean, these last few days watching this ALCS, it's been tough enough to watch in itself. You want to give me a freaking break here? And people may be expecting me to yell too, and I I can't blame you. (laughs) You know how I get in bad times. And a lot of you, I know, basically all of you find my rants extremely entertaining, whether they be on social media or on here, wherever they may be. And I've even had a ton of people, I've had a lot of people even comment on Twitter, quote tweeting my tweets or leaving a reply under my tweets saying, oh, yapping Yankees tomorrow is going to be so good. It's going to be fire. I can't wait. People doing that all night last night. But you know something? I'm really not going to. I'm not going to rant. I'm not going to fly off the handle today. I mean, maybe a little bit at times, but not much, if at all, guys. Because, first of all, I've done enough of that the last week and a half or two. It's already no voice October for Mike Scudero, as it is every year, even though I've been able to maintain it for today because a lot of my yelling was done prior to the ALCS, and most of the ALCS hasn't really been very competitive as far as the Yankees are concerned, except for Harrison Bader putting the Yankees in the lead in Game 1 with his home run, and I also basically took out my entire voice in one shot when Aaron Judge's ball did not go out in Houston the other night. But other than that, the ALCS, I've been sitting there just watching for most of it because there hasn't been too much to cheer about the Yankee offense. So my voice is actually somewhat under control today. Still not necessarily at 100% capacity, but it's... It's there more so than it was last week, and more so than it has been in prior Octobers. But also, and I care about this team as much as anybody. If you know me, you know that. Otherwise, the passion wouldn't be there if I didn't care. That's why passion exists to begin with. People with things that they don't care about, there's no passion there. There's no emotion, regardless of what happens with that thing, because they don't care. I care. I care. how many times are you going to yell when you see the same thing happen over over and over and over and over and over again? I mean, just with the Astros alone, let alone all the other times in the Baby Bombers era since 2017 that the Yankees have come up short, just with the Astros alone... The third time in about a half a decade? I mean, when you see the guys in a potentially really pivotal game last night, walking back to the dugout one at bat after the other like zombies, after striking out what feels like 10,000 times in three days, in actuality 30 times after games one and two, an additional 11 times, After last night's third game in front of their home crowd amounting to 41 total strikeouts in three games, all they do is strike out. All they do. How many times are you going to yell over this? Before you just flatline. (laughs) I mean, Regardless, guys, it's just not deniable at this point. You you just can't deny reality when you hit a certain point. Maybe they'll win tonight. Maybe they could even win game five and keep this thing alive and take it back to Houston regardless. But I mean, guys, this team just can't beat the Astros. They just can't. What did I say? All year long. And believe me, I would have much rather have been dead wrong about this and be celebrating Right now, rather than having to be right and just be defeated today. I'd much rather my team be successful than me be right. I mean, what the hell? (laughs) But what did I say? The Yankees didn't have a good teams problem. They have a Houston Astros problem. Even when they seemed down and out against the Guardians, they came back. Most good teams they faced took care of them. They amongst, if not the best of, the records of all teams against good teams this year. They have a Houston Astros problem. And my God, is that being reemphasized in this series or what? And I mean, in the most defeating fashion possible. Jeff Passan tweeted this during the 7th inning last night after the conclusion of the 6th inning. I wanted to share this with you. He said that through the 6th inning going into the 7th during last night's game in Game 3, these are the Yankee team numbers. Batting average, 120, which is 10 for 83. On base percentage, 198. Slugging, 229. They scored four runs. They struck out 36 times. And of course, they would add on another five to amount to 41 by the end of the game. Seven walks. And going into the seventh inning, they only had 18 total bases, which is the same number as Jeremy Pena and Chaz McCormick combined. Two players on the Astros amounted to the entirety of the total bases for the entire Yankee team. And of course, as I said, with the strikeouts getting worse before, of course, all the other stats got worse in the following three innings as well, since basically nothing else happened after. And I just have to say right now, I said this on Twitter yesterday, and I'll say it on Yapping Yankees today, but I have never seen a team accept their inferiority in a series against a specific opponent that has already owned them, mind you quite like this Yankee team did last night. They checked out. You could see in the way they were playing, the at-bats they had, their body language. You could just use any example in the book. This team checked out last night. I mean, there was no answering for that completely uninterested gameplay In the ALCS. In front of your home crowd. I've just never seen anything like it. A team just so visibly giving up. And quitting. In just a game three. Of a best of seven. At their home ballpark. Like the Yankees did yesterday. And by doing so, I mean, they quit on themselves, on their fans, on everybody. I'd respect it if they went down with a fighting spirit, and if they tried, and yeah, they got two hits with two outs and nobody on in the ninth inning, but down 5 nothing. when before that you had clearly already mentally checked out. I mean, a true fighting spirit. Like the 2017 Yankees, yeah, was losing that series devastating? Absolutely it was. But that team had a fighting spirit. Not, not a really good game six and seven at the end of that series. But I mean, they found themselves down 2-0. What'd they do? They came back home, won three in a row. I went to game five of that ALCS. It was probably the best game I've ever been to in my life. Stadium was shaking that night. That team had fight. They took it to the end. If this team did that, I'd have no problem. I have no problem just admitting when another team's a better team. And maybe that is the case here. But it also bothers me when it's painfully obvious that my team just checks out. I take issue with that. And if you don't like that I take issue with that, So I guess we're just different. But I don't appreciate that. Because, I mean, with the performance they put out last night... I mean, the second they faced any sort of adversity on the scoreboard, you just, you saw it. You saw them just check out, and you heard the air being sucked out of Yankee Stadium. It was painfully obvious. And if it wasn't to you, I don't, I question what game you were watching. I mean, for a visible performance like that, the New York Yankees ought to be ashamed of themselves. It is so obvious, especially after yesterday and seeing how the Yankees just didn't have it mentally even. It's really obvious at this point who the superior team is. I hate saying that. I hate it. I can't stand the Astros, guys. Do you think I take pleasure in saying these things? I want to plunge my head through drywall as I say this crap. But given that fact, what is there to argue or yell about anymore to the point where I almost pop a blood vessel? How many times am I going to blow a gasket over the same thing, guys? How many? I probably don't speak for everybody, and I don't presume that I am, but us fans are just tired of it. Tired of coming up short, especially, specifically, against the Astros. Just tired of it. And by the way, I've seen others say this, and I'm in full agreement. I I mentioned briefly before the Baby Bombers era that began in 2017. I've seen plenty of people say this, even a good friend of mine and someone who I follow very closely on Twitter because his content is great, his Yankee content. I'm going to give a shout-out to him right now. Always really good to me, Dan Rourke. Go follow him. Great follow, but he said it in a tweet last night, that the Baby Bombers era was a complete and utter failure. And I couldn't agree more. And Dan, typically, I'm giving him a big shout-out today because I really appreciate him. I appreciate his content, and I'm, I agree with a lot of the things he says. But And I always give credit to where original statements were made and everything, but I just couldn't agree with it more, and I felt the need to mention that today. It's just a failure. Uh, That first year in 2017, that was the closest that they got and would get to doing it all. And it was partially debunked that year by the cheating scandal, obviously. But how did they respond to that? How did they respond to that difficult Game 7 ALCS loss when, again, even that year, the offense just lost the ability to hit in Houston because this team just can't score in that ballpark? Had they respond after that? Getting humiliated by the Red Sox in the following year's division series. One of those games being one of the most embarrassing defeats, especially in Yankee Stadium in the franchise's history against Boston, no less. Losing to the Astros again in 2019 after winning 103 games with persevering through over 30 injuries that year. I mean, for what? Was the journey great and memorable? Yeah, it was. But what did it amount to? How about after the news of the cheating scandal came out in the winter before COVID and the completely messed up shortened season? Had they responded in 2020? Getting beaten by Tampa in another division series? And you can not count 2020 all you want, and I give you that right, but it's the truth. That's what happened. 2021... Getting embarrassed in a wild card game at Fenway. And now, this year, on the verge of getting swept by the Astros team that already took them out twice in the last five or six years. And at home this time, swept at home, while visibly, completely quitting in every way. Laughing in the dugout? These guys think it's funny to just come up short every single year? I mean, this organization has failed completely this last half decade plus since it started to take a good turn in 2017. Could new leadership be needed? Absolutely. Would I care if the vast majority of these players didn't return next year, or at least a good amount of them? Absolutely not, I wouldn't care. And we could go all through that in the winter. Plenty of time in the winter to go through the roster and decide who you'd like to see return and who you wouldn't really care if they left. I can tell you one thing. I may have critiqued him plenty for the last couple of years, and I also may have agreed with him on a few things the last couple years. It depends on the instance that you want to bring up. But at this point, especially if the sweep is completed tonight, I am fully aboard the fire Brian Cashman train. That's for damn sure. Welcome me aboard because I'm joining. And I hope that some of, if not all of my words today, whether they be the ones that I have already said or the ones that I'm yet to even say, I hope they cut like the sharpest of knives today because that's exactly my intention. It's deserved. It just is. I'm sick of this crap. Sick of coming up short. Sick of it. They just can't perform in the playoffs. And they especially just can't beat the Astros. They got three hits yesterday, guys. Three hits. And the second and third ones were with two outs down 5 nothing in the ninth inning, like I said earlier. Okay? Just outclassed in every facet. Pitching. Offense, especially. <laughs> Decision-making. Which, speaking of that, and this was spoken about a lot, on the Yes Network last night in the postgame. And I definitely want to hit on it at least a little bit because I couldn't agree more with the crew. Why are you taking your ace, Garrett Cole, who's also had a great postseason this year, mind you, as he has for the vast majority of his postseason starts here, some people may be quick to forget, why are you taking him out in the sixth inning with the bases loaded At only 96 pitches. When he hasn't even really allowed any legit runs yet because of the error a few innings prior on a lazy fly ball in right center by Bader. And yeah, a bit of blame goes to Garrett himself for giving up the home run after. That didn't have to happen. He could have very well actually backed up his statement to Bader when he said, I got you and gotten that next out. But at the same time, I got to defend Garrett and say that that should be catch should have ended that inning and prevented that home run from even having to happen in the first place. Otherwise, though, pitched another very nice game. Hadn't even emptied the tank yet. And he's your ace with your season potentially on the line in a very pivotal moment. And you take him out to bring in Lou Trevino, who's been good. But at the very least, when you have even better options like Luizica, the warrior Wandy Peralta, like I've come to call him because of all the consecutive games he's pitched in and has continued to do a great job in giving the Yankees some much-needed great innings pitched, you have better options than Lou Trevino. I mean, honestly, what is your freaking problem with the way Garrett has pitched this postseason? He should have earned that trust to try to get out of that. And if not, why wouldn't you at least go to your pest-relieving options? They had this whole conversation on the S-Network on the postgame, and I couldn't agree more. But of course, again, you're also not winning regardless if you only get three hits, two of them with one out away from losing down five, nothing. But it's worth bringing up when it comes to decision making, because I mentioned that before, decision making being one of the things that the Yankees continue to be outclassed on in the biggest of moments. And that was one that they mentioned on the Yes Network. I totally agreed with and I wanted to raise on the show here today. It makes no sense. And you try to hear for the answers in the post game because the media asks. And there's no straightforward answer for it because there is no answer that makes sense. There is none. There are no answers. And Garrett Cole was livid. It was really obvious. Didn't even make eye contact with Aaron Boone who was being taken out in the mound. He just walked by him, handed him the ball and looked into the air and just walked back to the dugout with the most disgusted look on his face I think I've seen. And everybody's giving him a pat on the back when he walks into the dugout and he's just walking past everybody. Disgusted. So, they are just, again... Decision-making, another aspect, just outclassed. And again, they could be asked all these questions in the world. Why'd you do it? No answers exist. None. For last night, for this ALCS as a whole, none. I feel I've used plenty of examples already, and you could dissect this however you want. When you want to talk about Which aspects and which moments are responsible for the Yankees playing like this, not doing as well as they should be doing. And I'm sure many more thoughts will be put out there, plenty, in the social media segment later, which is going to be just basically another vent session, just people just putting their thoughts out there. But you could talk about whatever you want. Take your pick. Regardless of that pick, it's all just a disgrace. It is it really sucks to watch and don't even get me started again i got i got to hit on this again because it's just crazy how much i've had to deal with this fortunately there have been far more who have been supportive and just understanding of it but you have your stragglers out there inevitably but don't even get me started on how many times certain yankee fans as usual like clockwork forget about calling me negative or depressing How many certain Yankee fans, or even fans from other fan bases, which I don't even understand why they're even having a comment on this. Why don't you worry about your own fan base? Because plenty of, trust me, I've seen plenty of other fan bases react the same way as well. But like clockwork, have called me a fake fan for these valid criticisms. Based off of these continued... Failing end results year after year. I mean, if I got a dollar for every time that's happened, I'd be living in a mansion on the water in the Hamptons by now. How about this for you? Maybe I'm not a fake fan. Perhaps you are just accepting of underachievement. We always have winning seasons. Yeah, that's nice. No argument here on that. And they deserve credit for that. I am aware that other organizations and other fans of other organizations could only dream of that. But especially if you're a fellow Yankee fan, if you're okay with settling for just that, based on what we all expected once upon a time, that being a championship, then fine. I guess you and I just aren't the same. Sorry even though I understand it's not always possible to always win a championship every year, obviously. But I want to see him win it all. The whole damn thing. It's called a winning mindset. Finishing the job. Achieving what it is you play for in the first place. I mean, so many of these people thinking that any kind of fandom other than their own, is phony or fake. I mean, it must suck to be that close-minded and impossible. And I guess that makes millions upon millions of others who validly criticize fake too. Including analysts and employees even within the Yankee organization. Like Michael Kay, for instance, who did plenty of criticizing last night on the postgame. All of which, again, I agreed with. So, I guess they're fake too. Interesting logic to have. That feeling anything negative, passionate, or criticism wise makes you a phony. And people who don't blindly support, like you, are phony. Interesting logic. I can never get enough of it. Now, my question to you is, what are you even doing? Following me. Listening to my content. And it's usually always the people with barely a dozen followers on their profile and no picture on their profile. It's funny how that works. I don't know, guys. I'm just, I'm really tired of it. I give you the stats. You're watching the game yourself. You know what's going on. You don't need me to tell you. I'm just tired of it. Do I want to believe that they could pull off something down 3-0? Yeah, of course I do. But I mean, are you watching these games? Are you seeing who the better team clearly is? I mean, the Yankees today, you know what they used as motivation? What video they had sent around the whole clubhouse? They showed the Red Sox coming back from being down 3-0, like we all know, in 2004, as motivation to remind them that it's not completely impossible, which of course is not completely impossible, even though it seems damn near close to it. It's not completely impossible. But is the organization forgetting who that was done against? (laughs) Like, I don't know. I just think that's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, you want motivation to remind you that coming back from down 3-0 isn't impossible? Yeah, let's show them film of that happening when it happened against our organization. (laughs) I mean, does nobody else see the ridiculousness in that? I mean, is it just me? I get what they were trying to go for. I, how tone deaf can you be? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's the most one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. It's just silly. I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? <sighs> I don't know, guys. It's tough because it's not like 100% over yet. Who knows? They could win tonight. They could take it to game six. I don't know what's going to happen. Even last week, when I ranted and raved with my voice not nearly at full capacity about the organization and this and that, when they were down two to one to the Guardians, I even said at one point in the episode, you can go back and listen. I said all of this might not even mean anything because they could win the next two in a row, move on to the ALCS, and actually do a good job in the ALCS. And this conversation won't even really be had or being had throughout the fan base. <laughs> But I mean, it kind of does have to be had again, because... Yeah, they did move on to the CS. But how's the CS gone? And where are we at at this point in time? At the time of me recording. At the time of recording, the game is starting in about an hour and a half. I wanted to have this episode out before the game started, but hey, my girlfriend and I got caught up in watching a favorite one of our shows. So, what are you gonna do? I got started recording late. I'll be done with this definitely way before the game starts, but it'll be released after the game. So... That's at the time that's being recorded, before the game starts. And this is where we're at heading into game four, guys. So that's why these discussions are being had. And you know what? It's not ridiculous to be had because this is where we find ourselves at this point in time. And of course this mindset's going to creep up on you because they're down three games to nothing. Like I said before, what would you like me to say? I just look at how it's being played. This series. There's a new lineup out there. Every day. Experimenting. In the American League Championship Series. And have you noticed another thing? I said this on Twitter as well. But the results of these games. In this series so far. Games 1, 2, and 3. A great deal of what's happened. It's mirroring the exact same Things that happened in this year's regular season matchups between the Yankees and the Astros. The offense dying, resulting in them losing very close but winnable games, the ones in Houston, which is mainly what makes the losses like the ones in Houston so aggravating. The fact that they are winnable, very winnable. Pitching doing fine, and the pitching for most of the games in the regular season, mainly except for the first time they matched up, held the Astros' offense down. So again, for the vast majority of this series, pitching was doing fine. And they have been. But just not in the most vital of moments. Because the Astros, they come through when it matters, when there are actually people on base. And they make the few times they have come through meaningful and impactful. That's the difference in these games. Or how about another similarity? Christian Javier absolutely owning them at Yankee Stadium as he did back in June. Helped contribute to pitching a combined no-hitter by starting that game and not allowing a single hit all the way through to towards the end when he was taken out, eventually closed off by the Astros' bullpen to complete it. And last night, what did he do? He only allowed one hit. So in well over 10 combined innings in his career at Yankee Stadium so far, if you factor in this start that he had in the regular season when he played the big part and combined no hitting them, he has well over 10 innings at Yankee Stadium only allowing one hit. So his start last night also mirroring his start in their head-to-head matchup in the regular season. Another similarity. So plenty of things mirroring what we saw in their matchups in the regular season, as I said. Plenty of examples. I mean, when they play the Astros, it does not look like they just forget even their most basic playing instincts. It's incredible. The Astros, they they just expose every single weakness on the Yankee team. Strikeouts, defense, mentality, even just straight up skill when they go head to head. The Astros just look better. And again, I hate saying this. What are you going to do? Deny what's right in front of you? What do you want from me? Go ahead. Call me negative. Call me depressing. Call me phony. Call me fake. Call me a clown. Continue to call me these things. What do you want me to say? I don't believe in denying what's in front of me. I love my team. I am passionate about my team. Even if I am livid with them because of that passion, I will watch every pitch until the end. Even if game four today is the last one, I will be watching the final pitch before they go out, and I will be watching the Astros, humiliatingly so and frustratingly so, celebrating on my team's own turf because I don't give up on my team. But do I tell it like it is with them? And do I criticize them when it's deserved? Hell yeah, I do. And what else would you like me to do today? In the situation they find themselves in. Is the part of me still there that acknowledges, hey, it's not completely over it. Yeah, it's there. But look at the situation based on what we've watched. Are you freaking kidding me? They somehow pull this off. I'll be the first one on the line talking about how wrong I was and giving the team credit because they would deserve it it'd be one of the most incredible things of all time if not the most incredible thing of all time especially again given the context between the two teams here come on what do you want from me on a day like today this microphone really is like therapy I just really couldn't wait to get in front of this thing today. I just, I got to get it out of my system. Uh, otherwise, you, you sit there in your own mind and you go nuts. <laughs> I don't know how those of you without podcasts do it. Without any sort of a channel to let your anger out, whether it be, you know, in your own house with your loved ones or on a podcast or on social media. Hey, you just keep that in. I don't know how you do it. God bless you. More power to you for that. I'm I'm envious of you. <laughs> I'm envious of your ability. <laughs> I just can't do it. This microphone in front of me right here, you know, God help it, is uh, it's my therapy. <laughs> so yeah, that's what this episode basically is today, guys. Just really, I don't know, as much as I hate to say it, just getting ready for the season to be done. Just getting ready for the year to be over. Because the Astros are on the verge of just doing this for a third time. And I was really excited for it going in. Even though I had predicted the Astros objectively to ultimately win the series, I had Astros in six. Or maybe even seven. I expected this series to at least go longer. So you can imagine my frustration even more so. That they're on the verge of getting swept today. It could very well be over after four. There's nothing that sickens me more than just not... Just going down without a fight. If you're going to lose, you can't always win in life. I am aware of that. Trust me, I understand. But a main thing that I can really respect... When it comes to losing is at least going down with a fight so that you have a fighting spirit, don't give up and just give it your all until it is over. I mean anything else I just I just have a tough time respecting. That's why last night's game drove me so insane. They had no fight last night. They checked out. That's why it drove me so insane more than anything. You understand? Am I am I making sense here? I mean, I've just accepted the fact that with those who have already made their minds up about me and just don't like me for whatever reason, no matter how much I explain myself, I'm not going to get through to those people. It's fine. Whatever. I don't care anymore. But I just hope I'm making sense here. I just can't believe they've put themselves in this situation and they beat themselves like with the error yesterday and then the two-run homer to follow and then just the stupid decision to not at least be willing to go down with your ace with the season on the line and not putting your best option out there at the very least afterwards and, and just after that just not having any fight whatsoever none, no fight drives me insane and I don't have respect for that and I have people tell me that this team is not mentally flawed. Are you sure about that? Are you really, really sure about that? All right, so let's, uh, let's recap this past week, I guess. I mean, I'm sure a lot of you just don't even really feel like doing it. You've already watched the games, whatnot. No, I just got a notification that the game is not starting on time tonight does not surprise me given the weather. The weather's been awful today. And I even put that on Twitter before when I was giving my Yapping Yankees announcement on whether to expect the episode before the game or after the game. I was even saying if the game even does happen tonight because the weather is awful. Um, It's just been cloudy the whole day, raining on and off, so it doesn't surprise me that it's not starting on time. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's not played at all. And I don't really know what they would do because the weather here in New York the next couple of days is supposed to be really bad supposed to be raining for a good amount of tonight. I see here the rain is maybe supposed to taper off around 9 and then stop until like 1 or 2 a.m., but then it's going to rain all day tomorrow, and even a bit into Tuesday, and even maybe Wednesday. This is ridiculous. So I don't know what they're going to do. They're already up against the schedule to begin with without any days off all the way until the end of the series. And we'll see what happens, see if any up, any more updates come out while I record here. If not, then you'll see them on your own time. Let's just recap this past week's games, I guess. We have games four and five of the DS to recap, and of course, games one, two, and three of the CS so far, especially when it comes to last night. That'll be a quick one because nothing freaking happened on the Yankee end of things. Let's get to it. I don't even really feel like playing a fun sort of sound effect today because of the mood of today's episode, but I guess we'll do it nonetheless. Yapping Yankees Time Machine. Let's recap. Let's do it. (laughs) All right, so we start last Sunday on the 16th. When last Sunday's episode was recorded, of course, you might remember that it was before the game started, and I even released the episode before the game started, which is something I don't usually do on Sundays, I usually wait until after the game is done, so it was nice to get the episode out early, though, just sat down and enjoyed the game for the rest of the night, and I did enjoy the game, because it was a lot of, uh, a lot of action, and a lot to be happy about. Like I said, I wish I could have spoken a bit maybe in the middle of the week around the time this series ended because you would have heard a much different tone than the one you're hearing today. But like I said, you could just attribute that to bad timing partially, just talking before last Sunday's game and now talking this Sunday a week later, the next time, while the Yankees are down 3-0 in the ALCS. So, But this game, and this is one of the couple of examples I was using when I was talking about Garrett Cole earning his postseason trust, but Garrett Cole started this game and boy did he throw a good one regardless of the rocking the baby home run trot the clown home run trot by Josh Naylor and this was the game for that and this would just continue on throughout the rest of the week the controversy surrounding this and if you want my take on it well I think it was pretty foolish for Josh Naylor to do that because not only did Garrett Cole pitch a fine game one of the runs coming home really wasn't even his fault just on a, a bloop into shallow left on a catch that one could say should have been made, definitely. And um, and that was really what the Guardians did throughout a chunk of this series. A lot of their hits were just a lot of bloops. I mean, a great deal of them. So, that was how one run came home. And uh, because, you know, Aaron Hicks doesn't really know how to run in left field too busy trotting all over the place, everywhere he goes, whether it be on this or the hard hit ground ball he'd hit later in the game, and uh, just didn't really feel the need to try to run out down at first base, but what are you going to do? So that's what happened here, and that's how one run came home, and then the second run that came home was on the solo shot by Naylor, to which Naylor felt it necessary to do his entire home run trot doing a motion as if he's rocking a baby in which to convey the message that whoever he hits a home run off of, he's their daddy and they're his son, even though Garrett Cole took care of him completely otherwise. Um, and the fact that the Guardians still found themselves down by a run at the time. This wasn't some dramatic go-ahead home run to send a team to the World Series or even make them win the World Series, maybe like, I don't know, maybe like Bryce Harper's home run today, to send the unpredictable yet beyond respectable at this point Phillies to the World Series with his go-ahead two-run homer in the eighth inning? No, not like that. This was a home run to bring them within one run in a game that they were still losing in Game 4 of the ALDS. Really just odd and classless behavior, to be honest with you. I am not against bat flipping, as long as there's nothing like freaking crazy, like, you know, completely like obnoxious, but I'm not against bat flipping or people having fun. I'm not against any of that, but you also have to just evaluate the context in which it's happening And this to do your entire home run trot with a rocking the baby motion from home plate all the way around to home plate again. On a guy who's otherwise handled you, and you're still losing the game. I don't know. I, I thought it was completely absurd behavior. I-, I just really didn't. Honestly, I would feel the exact same way if a Yankee did that in that exact same situation. That was just it wasn't called for. <laughs> I don't feel like to sound like a quote-unquote boomer, as they call them, or just someone who hates fun, because I definitely don't hate fun when it comes to guys celebrating big and worthy home runs that are worthy of celebrating. I'm not against that. But given the context and what was done throughout the entirety of the home run trot, I just thought this was beyond stupid. But those are the only two runs the Guardians scored on on the day. On an otherwise fantastic start by Garrett Cole, with the Yankees having their backs against the wall, doing exactly what an ace is supposed to do, again pitching a phenomenal game in such a situation. Seven innings, six hits, only two runs again, one of them, one could be said, shouldn't have even come home because of just that baffling play in left field. Only one walk and eight strikeouts. And he did a fantastic job, as did Clay Holmes and Wandy Peralta to follow for two innings out of the pen. And the offense, well, they jumped out to start early on an Anthony Rizzo RBI single in the top of the first. Top of the second, Harrison Bader, who had himself a hell of an ALDS and even a nice ALCS to start off in Houston, but continued his terrific ALDS here. Top of the second hit his third home run of the series already at this point, a two-run shot to make it 3-0, and the Guardians would score their two runs in the two innings to follow. And then in the top of the sixth, fortunately, Giancarlo Stanton contributed to some insurance runs, or just an insurance run, on a sack fly, scoring Aaron Judge, made it 4-2, and fortunately, because of dominant Yankee pitching that night, that would seal the 4-2 victory. Leading them to Game 5 was supposed to be the very next day on Monday in New York. It got rained out. Never have I seen two rainouts in a quick best-of-five series in my life. The weather is just baffling. And even Game 4 in Cleveland, the rain was just really weird. It was on and off and on and off. Really weird. Come back to New York. Weather's crap. Of course, that had to be the only day throughout the week just about that it rained because that's the way it goes. (laughs) And on Tuesday... Game 5 of the ALDS was actually also played on the same day as Game 1 of the NLCS. So because of the screwed up Major League Baseball scheduling and the two rainouts combined, the final game of another DS was being played on the first game of the next round in the other league. (laughs) It's just really funny. So the first game of the day, another day game I couldn't watch, Uh. And a decent amount of it, but fortunately I was able to get a stream working at work, thank God. <laughs> so I was, I was able to watch a good amount of it. My co-workers were concerned for me. Um, I'm completely surprised I haven't been committed yet, to be honest with you, when it comes to my public display of passion when it comes to the Yankees. <laughs> uh, but this game was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Nestor Cortez was pitching on three days rest. I believed in him. I really had the Yankees winning. I said, I said, and I, you could even go back to last week's episode if you don't believe me, regardless of how down I was and how upset I was, I did say, if the Yankees win game four, they are going to win game five. I will have 100% confidence in them. So right when they did win Game 4, I kept by that. I went into the next day, or I guess two days later because Monday was rained out, but I went into Tuesday still saying the Yankees are going to win Game 5 today. There's no way they lose. No way. And I was right. I I just couldn't imagine them letting this one slip by at home, Game 5, with the way that they were trying to claw back. I could see by the way they were playing. It just... I just had a feeling they weren't going to lose, and fortunately, they did not lose. Five innings of one-run ball from Nestor Cortez on short rest. Just a great start by him in the clutch. Jonathan Luizaga with two shutout innings after him, doing a great job again, and Holmes and Peralta, and Holmes has really bounced back this postseason. I got to tip my cap to him. He has looked like the Holmes of old. He still has his occasional wild pitches, obviously, but... I mean, he has really shaped up and become a warrior out of that bullpen again in a time where the Yankees desperately needed him to. And I will not sit here and pretend like it hasn't happened. And I will give him his credit as is deserved. I can't say that I would have used him this much because I just didn't trust him, but the Yankees had balls with this, and they put him in, and he's done a good job. So I tip my cap to Clay Holmes big time. Wandy Peralta also finishing it off with a scoreless inning of his own, just doing a great job with the... With the Pitching overall. The only run they scored was off of Nestor in the top of the third on a Jose Ramirez sack fly. That is it. Other than that, bottom of the first, Stanton started it off right away with a three-run homer, and right after this, I know it's pretty foolish to say something like this early on, but I just had a feeling. I said the game's over. When I was at work, after I finished flipping out, of course, because not only are they winning 3 nothing, but it was Stanton who I love. So <laughs> I basically said after that, I said this game's over. I just have a feeling. I don't know. Bottom of the second, Aaron Judge would add on to it with a solo shot of his own to make it 4 to nothing. his second of the series like Stanton's. Then the Guardians would score their one run in the top of the third. And then in the bottom of the fifth, Anthony Rizzo padded it a bit more with an RBI single to make it 5-1. to one. And then, of course, as we know, Luizaga, Holmes, and Peralta, the bullpen's main three, would carry it to the end. The Yankees clawed back from down 2-1 to one and moved on to Houston, to play the very next day, which I automatically did not feel good about, especially given the fact that the Astros had multiple days to rest and get ready for this and be all set to go, just be refreshed and ready for the Yankees to arrive, and I don't know if that played a factor in this, or if it's just that the Astros are better, or if it's the Yankees just checked out last night to add on to their overall gameplay, could be a little bit of both, could be a little bit of nothing, and something entirely different, Who the hell knows for sure, other than the Yankees themselves. But regardless, like I said, down 3-0, this series is just really hard to watch. Really sucks. And the frustration is just at its peak, if you're a Yankee fan. This series started off the very next night, of course, on Wednesday, after Game 5 of the DS was played on Tuesday, after Monday's rainout. Tyone. Got the start for this game because, of course, Garrett Cole's on far too short of rest, even though he offered to come into a game at any point to end off the ALDS if he could help out, which is very respectable, and I would expect nothing less out of a warrior like Garrett Cole. And Nestor, of course, had just pitched Game 5 on short rest as it was, so he definitely couldn't use him. And Severino would have been on short rest as well, so they decided to push him off for a Game 2, and they decided to go with Tyone. And you know what? Tyone, although he got into his spurts of trouble, he did his job, man. Tyone did his job on the road in Houston, which is definitely nothing short of the house of horrors for the Yankees at this point. I think it's all safe to say, especially from an offensive standpoint, more so than anything. Because the pitching actually didn't really do bad at all. But Tyone did his job. Four and a third, four hits, only one run. He did walk three guys, and he didn't strike out anybody, but... He kept the Yankees in the game, man. Top of the second, Bader put them on the board with a solo shot that had me going insane off of Justin Verlander, no less. I was feeling good at this point. I mean, it's only one nothing, but I was still feeling good. And Tyone had had a bit of a rougher first inning because Jeremy Pena, who is just, I mean, he's a hell of a talent at his age. Only 25 years old. Hell of a talent, this kid. He able to just come up and just take the place of Correa just like that so they didn't even have to really feel a sting of losing Correa almost immediately. It's just incredible. <laughs> and then he walked on Alvarez but he was able to retire Alex Bregman and get Kyle Tucker to ground out as well. And... Definitely don't want to take any credit away from him, but part of the reason the Yankees were able to escape that inning unscathed was because of a remarkable catch in right center field on Bregman's fly-up by Aaron Judge, one of the better catches I've seen in a while. Absolutely incredible. And then Tyone would keep it going. The only the only run he allowed in his start that lasted nearly five innings was on an RBI double by Martin Maldonado. I mean, of all people to give up an RBI double to, so that irritated the hell out of me. I mean, that's the worst hitter in the lineup by far. It's not even close. So I was baffled by that. But that tied the game at one, and it stayed one-to-one all the way until the sixth inning. Because again, Tyone held them down. The guy did his job. But the offense for the rest of the game, except for the top of the eighth when Anthony Rizzo hit a solo shot down four-to-one at the time before his home run the offense just stalled. They completely stalled. And when you factor that in with a questionable decision as to who to bring in at a certain point at a big spot of the game and just, it, it just didn't go well. Resulted in a loss. And also this, just like in game two, it went eerily familiarly with this. And, um, You saw Justin Verlander in the beginning part of the game, and you saw Framber Valdez in the beginning part of his game in Game 2 not really having their best stuff, throwing a lot of pitches out of the strike zone, Yankee hitters unnecessarily helping them at certain points, when they really could have just had Verlander and Valdez be their own worst enemies, because they weren't 100% sharp like they usually are. But the offense stalled in both cases. And inevitably, because of the pitching talents these guys are, towards the middle and later parts of the start, both guys started to find their stuff and settle in, and then there was nothing you could do at that point. So the Yankees blew their chances. And like I had said with the familiarities from the regular season matchups, with all the games being winnable, these were all winnable games. Between either just not coming through and cashing in on opportunities offensively, or just not getting anything started offensively at all. In low-scoring, close games on the road. But they cannot score in that stadium. It's the house of horrors over there for this team. And the Yankees lost Game 1, again, in very close fashion. Like a lot of the regular season matchup games went, again, a lot of just mirror images of that. It's crazy how it's playing out. But in that pivotal sixth inning, where the Yankees did make a crucial decision that ended up coming back to bite hard, well, Tyone ended up coming out of the game in that fifth because the bases were loaded, and they decided that it was enough of Tyone. They brought Clark Schmidt in, which I I was iffy about to begin with because... I mean, yeah, Clark Schmidt is meant to be middle relief, meant to pitch multiple innings and not necessarily close out games like he was asked to do in Game 3 of the DS, which you all know And I said last week I couldn't agree with that decision at all at the time, but it's just the position the Yankees put themselves in at the time, too. This point in time was a point where I would probably use him just in the middle of the game as middle relief, but I don't know, I just didn't like the matchup. I don't know. I just didn't like what I saw in Game 3 of the DS. I didn't know if he would have it yet again here. And I just didn't like the overall feel of it. I just really didn't. I could see why the Yankees might think it would be a little too early to go to any of the bigger arms in the bullpen because it was still in the middle of the fifth inning. But I didn't really like the Schmidt matchup here. So... I maybe would have brought Trevino in at this point and then maybe had Schmidt start a fresh inning. I didn't like him coming into a jam. I just didn't. I don't think I don't think coming into huge jams is the right decision for Schmidt. But I mean at this point, listen, it worked out this time because in the fifth inning, he got a crucial, crucial double play ball by Kyle Tucker. And he actually escaped the jam. So I was iffy on this decision, but I was like, alright, I'll give it a shot. And it worked out. But there was one thing that I think myself and all other Yankee fans were thinking. I think we were all on the same page with this. But one thing that I didn't think was a wise thing to do, and I was saying this even between innings, to everyone watching the game with me. I know you couldn't really ask them, but if you could, I would even tell you to ask them. I did not think it was a good idea to bring him out for a second inning. And they did that, and this didn't work out at all. Sixth inning was quite a mess. It started off right away with a solo shot by Yuli Gurriel, which, I mean, he is killing the Yankees in this series, man. He's killing them. Then he got Oledemes Diaz to ground out after that, but then Chaz McCormick, who's also killing the Yankees for some reason in this series, hits a solo shot to right center field, so another home run, so two solo shots given up by Clark Schmidt. After escaping that unbelievable jam in the fifth inning, it's just not working out at this point. And then later on in the seventh inning, the Astros would score again on a solo shot by Jeremy Pena, And that run was scored off Frankie Montas, who for some reason was brought in later on after Trevino. And Trevino ended up helping them out of that sixth inning. I mean, I don't know why you would just not bring in your better options at that point, because at this point it's still only a two-run game. But instead you're bringing in Montas in the seventh inning, a guy who hasn't pitched in weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and when he was pitching was doing quite a bad job and shocker here, gave up a solo shot in this inning to expand the Astros' lead even more. That I don't I truly don't understand. I'm willing to settle with the bringing in Clark Schmidt, especially because it ended up working out. Even though I was iffy on it at first, I didn't agree with bringing him back out. So the decision-making I was a little iffy on. With this, with the bullpen. I just didn't understand bringing in Montas with the game still so close. But he gave up the fourth run. Miguel Castro actually pitched a clean eighth after that, but I was pretty upset about that as well because Castro's another one who's completely wild and has missed a lot of time due to injury himself. But he pitched a scoreless inning, so fine, it worked out, whatever. Even though I didn't like that either. It just, I don't know, the decision-making was really questionable to me. Especially the Montas one. But, I mean, he gave up that home run. I was like, oh, great, he still stinks. The Yankees, like I, like I said, did add on one more run on a solo shot by Rizzo in the top of the eighth, but that was it. They went on to lose 4-2. to two. After that, I was like, all right, it's one game. And maybe they come back and win the second one. And what's the goal of the road team? Always try to at least split on the road and try to win at least two out of three at home, find yourselves up three to two, and then you have two opportunities to win one game with game six or seven on the road, and the odds are in your favor. That's not the way it went, though. Game two was even worse offensively. Only got four hits this time, and one might even say that they might not have even scored their two runs in the top of the fourth, if it weren't for Framber Valdez's bad error on the mound in the fourth inning, which led to the Yankees driving a run home on Rizzo's RBI groundout, and then an infield single by Glaber Torres. And that closed the gap to 3-2 to at the time, because in the bottom of the third, Alex Bregman again, just another example of the Astros coming through in the vital moments of the game that matter, and proved to be very big ultimately, hit a three-run homer in the bottom of the third, put them up 3 nothing. And then that error by Valdez on the mound, allowing the Yankees to score those two runs afterwards, making it 3-2. to two. And those runs, again, might not even have happened if not for that error. And hey, I'll take runs however I can get them, on errors or what. I always say that. I'll take it. But it's true that if not for that error, there's a chance that those runs don't even score. And you're looking at even less of offensive production than they already got. But Severino started this game And I especially feel bad for him Because he went five and a third Five hits Only allowed those three runs On that one mistake to Bregman And it wasn't even that bad a pitch I mean maybe He could have liked it to be A couple of a couple more inches inside But I mean It wasn't a bad pitch It was really on the inner part of the zone And Bregman just put a hell of a swing on it And hit it out with men on base, when it matters, as opposed to, like in Game 1, Yankees hitting home runs. Yeah, but it's all solo shots. And not coming through when it matters. Blowing chances. The Astros, in this big situation, come through. That's the difference. And those are the only three runs the Astros scored the whole game. Like I said, another close and very winnable loss. Which makes a loss even more irritating. How many chances did they blow? How many innings did they just go down without a whimper of life to be seen? It's irritating to watch. Severino, like Tyone, did his job. The bullpen after Severino, Luizaga pitching two shutout innings and Peralta getting two outs, not allowing a run, did their job. The offense did not do their job from top to bottom Bader has had a good postseason Judge has not had a good postseason. I went on the offensive with all the people booing him last week and everything, and I will still go on that offensive and say that I disagree with that. But I will also acknowledge reality as I did last week and say that Judge is not having a good postseason at all. And it should be mentioned. I still love and appreciate him for everything that he's done, and I will be opposed to booing him until the end of time. But you also can't deny that he has had a very bad postseason. Both can be true. Stanton has hit a couple of really crucial home runs and gotten some big hits, but he has not done too much other than that. Rizzo's done okay. Glaber is not having a good postseason. Donaldson is brutal, as always. Neither Trevino nor Higashioka are doing much to the plate at all. Peraza, in my opinion, has not gotten enough chances, put up a hell of a defensive showing in Game 2, which I had a great time watching. Oswaldo Cabrera had a huge home run in Cleveland, yes, but other than that, has not done too much at the plate at all, and I'm willing to give him and Peraza more of a pass for that. They are still very young. This is their first postseason, and this is a good learning experience for them more so than anything, I feel. And I don't want them going anywhere after what I've seen. Great potential. And has Cabrera left some to be desired in the outfield? Absolutely. But guess what? Again, he has not really played the outfield at all prior to his call-up. And for that, overall, he has done a pretty impressive job for someone who really has never played the outfield. And is being forced to play the outfield because of either injuries or poor roster construction. So... It's just from top to bottom. Really, it is. And they all failed in Houston. And they failed even more so last night. So, again, another just mirror image of what we saw in their head-to-head matchups. Again, winnable, close games. The Yankees being their own worst enemy. Not taking advantage of pitchers who don't have their 100% great stuff and then allowing them to settle in and being screwed after that. That happened in both games 1 and 2. You had to jump on Verlander and Valdez early with the ways that they looked at the start. They didn't do that. They settled in, and for the rest of the game, it was crickets offensively for the Yankees. They didn't take advantage when they had to. Both games, very winnable very. And the pitching did their job. Friday was a day off. And if this series even does end up going all seven by some miracle, then that will have been the last day off that they have, especially considering the fact that tonight's game game format not even happened. They're still delayed as the weather here in New York is just straight up crap. But Friday was their last day off. And then there was last night, which I'll make this quick because there was really nothing to even talk about. The Yankees um, got three hit. Like I said, three hits and two of them were with two outs in the bottom of the ninth, down five nothing. And Garrett Cole didn't have a bad start at all, not at all. His final line, it doesn't look good, but there's a reason for that. Five innings. Five hits, five runs, three of them earned, two walks and seven strikeouts. The two runs that came home on McCormick's two-run shot in the top of the second should not have even happened. Because again, on a lazy fly ball to right center field, Harrison Bader just dropped the ball. And we've seen this instance a lot in this series. The Yankee fielder's just not communicating properly. People not getting out of the way. People not shouting, I got it. Take your pick, whichever one it is, or both. Just continued mistakes on the field. Nobody knowing who's getting to the ball. No one knowing who's in charge of a certain play. Aaron Judge and Harrison Bader in this instance converging on the ball together. At the last second, Judge said he heard him, even though they were both shouting. And Judge just apparently couldn't get out of the way in time. I mean, I don't envy Bader there. must have been like an eclipse. (laughs) But, I don't know. There just was a failure of communication. The ball went into Bader's glove and completely out of it. Just dropped a routine fly ball. And it just can't happen in October. You cannot give a team like the Astros extra outs to work with and expect to win. What do you think this is? I mean, really. So, after that, Chaz McCormick comes up, Cole makes a gesture to center field to Bader saying, I got you, and then McCormick hits one to the wall, the short porch in right field, hits the top of the wall and bounces into the stands for a two-run shot. So, that put them up 2 nothing, even though the inning should have ended on the prior play, so... Like I said before that, does Garrett Cole deserve part of that blame? Of course he does. No one said he had to give up that home run after that error is made. Sometimes you got to pick up your players. But, I mean, I put far far more blame on the defense. <laughs> got to make a routine freaking play and end the inning. So, <laughs> after that, it just, I don't know. The, the, the vibe just wasn't right at all. Christian Javier, again, just owning the Yankees, not allowing any hits. The Yankees didn't get a single hit until the fourth inning, I believe it was. Yeah, the fourth inning, when Stanton hit a laser of a double into the right center field gap. And at this point, they were still only down 2 0. But they couldn't get anything across. After that, Glaber with a brutal at bat, two pitch at bat, pops up to Yuli Gurriel in foul territory. And then Matt Carpenter flew out to center field. And I feel for Matt Carpenter, by the way. Yeah, the guy may look absolutely brutal, but the guy's coming off of a multi-month-long injury after he fractured his foot, and he had to come back cold in the playoffs, even though he took some live at-bats getting ready at the Somerset site, I believe. But, I mean, you're still coming back to some of the most elite pitching talent in baseball, fresh off of a multi-month injury in the playoffs, people expecting the utmost of performances out of you. It's rough. It's not easy at all, especially at his age. Factor in that as well so I feel for the guy, he was put in a bad situation, I wish he was producing as much as anybody guys, and I was as excited as anybody else about the news of him coming back, there's no doubt about that, I'm not going to pretend like I wasn't excited, but it's been tough for him, you want to talk about a grind, (laughs) really bad, I feel for him, but uh, I know a lot of people might come after me, oh I don't feel for any of these guys, the way they're paid, I I I feel for Matt Carpenter. He really wasn't put in the best of situations. Really badly timed injury. And he had to come back against this Astros pitching. I don't envy that. (laughs) But they got no more hits after that. And then top of the sixth was the pivotal moment of the game where the bases became loaded. And sixth inning was kind of an annoying inning for Cole. I mean, Bregman did start off the inning with a double. And he walked Kyle Tucker and then Yuli Gurriel... Got a hit on a bloop to right field. So it was a tough break there for him. Made a good pitch to Yuli, but he just he put it down the right field line. Bases were loaded. And Boone was faced with a decision to make. At first, some people were thinking that he might have been coming out of the dugout to get Cole because he might have been hurt. I don't know. Um he even asked him when he was by the first baseline. He yelled to me. He was like, Are you all right? And everything seemed fine. And next thing you know, Cole's still coming out of the game. People waited to hear if he was hurt or not after the game, but he wasn't. Just took him out of the game. The ace, who, as I've said, and I have given supporting examples for the last two weeks, has done a fantastic job in the vast majority of his playoff starts, has done a fantastic job in all of them this year, should have earned your trust and your season's on the line. You live and die by your ace. I agree with that mindset. And you take him out at 96 pitches, and it was written all over his face and definitely heard even more so in the post-game interview that Cole felt like he had more. And you're going to do that and not even bring in one of your top three relievers. Lou Trevino's probably right outside of your top three relievers, but you got to bring in. It's in that situation, John Flaherty said, and I completely agree, it's got to be Cole or Loisaga. I could not agree more with that. It has to be. But you bring in Lou Trevino, and the inning falls apart anyway. And now in a very pivotal moment, where you're only down 2 nothing. and yes, I know the bats look brutal enough, and you can't win without hitting. I'm aware of this. I'm saying this with the awareness of that. But the mentality is entirely different. If the score is still at 2 nothing, maybe even just 3 nothing, as opposed to 5 nothing, And losing with not even your best? Come on. Come on now. So that decision came back to bite him. It was 5 nothing. That's the way it stayed. Just lifeless at-bats, rest of the time out, and those two hits in the ninth inning with two outs. But like I said, the Yankees checked out, and here they are, down 3-0. So we're basically caught up. Long-ass recap, because it was uh, quite a bit to talk about. All right, the social media segment for today, like I said, it was basically just event session. Like it has been for some time now. So why don't we get to that? I think I've said basically all I have to say. Let's see if you guys have any additional thoughts. I'd be glad to read them. And a lot of people commented on this, so... I'm going to try to get to as many as I can, guys. I'll try to get to as many of you as I possibly can, but I can't promise that I will get to everybody. I will try, though. So event session... My goodness. Let's see what everybody has to say as we wait on Game 4 starting. And there was just an announcement put out that they are hoping to start around 8.30. So, still a while yet. We'll see what happens with this weather. First up, social media segment. We've got at JaviN114 saying Cashman needs to go. Well, listen, I can't blame anybody for feeling this way. I can't. Sorry. Just can't. Like I said, I know they're not officially out yet, but like I also said in the intro, you may have heard me say that, I'm I'm on this train as well. Just comes a point where you feel like an organization might be beneficial of a new face and a new start and just, you know, fresh start. At April NYY, April says, honestly, there's so many things I can say that I don't know where to start, so I'm just at a loss. <laughs> That's relatable. That's a mentality I've had with a lot of the Yapping Yankees episodes lately. Is just, where do we begin? It's tough. At MoLV79 says, Mike, I'm honestly baffled by the Yankees keeping Boone and Cashman on board when we have failed to win the World Series or many of the playoff games. Your take? I think I'll let this episode and everything I said speak for itself. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... Listen, if you're going to make any changes, it can't just be Boone because the problems run so much deeper than just him. I think I get a lot of people to agree with me on that. At Kalu Borden 12 says, We need to bow down to Astros and admit they're the better team. They have dominated us for the last five years. We have to stop thinking we're on the same level because then we aren't. You know, I've said that, but I I hate saying it, and that's why it's tough for me to even say now, but I mean, yeah, the writing's on the wall. It's right there. What are you going to do, deny reality? The Astros have taken care of them. I mean, we'll see what happens tonight, but just the way it is, guys. At Yankees, Lauren says, The Yankees, as currently constructed with Boone and Cashman, will continue to be mediocre. This needs to be the time to cut dead weight. Hicks and Donaldson come to my mind. Let the kids play. New blood is needed in the dugout. Judge must be back next season or the fans will revolt. Well, the winning seasons, as much as, you know, for me personally, that's not the end-all be-all for me. I want a championship. Um, the winning seasons say that they're not mediocre. It's not a mediocre team. It's just not. But they just, they can't finish the job. They are mediocre when it comes to the playoffs. I mean, that's just a fact. But, uh, yeah, people just saying this team is not constructed to make it far into the playoffs or just things happen, like injuries, which, yeah, that's true, but it does run stale eventually. It's it's true. Cutting dead weight? (laughs) I mean, Donaldson Hicks are at the top of my list too. Can't say anything to combat that. And my boy Judge, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are saying they don't want him back. I, I don't understand that either. I understand admitting that he's had a pretty brutal playoff. I, I that's the truth. No matter how much you love the guy like I do, it's just the truth. But not wanting him back or booing him, I, so I agree that he must be back next season. At Brian Steff says, This is the same team that played in August, where the opponent scores one or two runs and it feels insurmountable. I didn't understand it then nor do i understand it now how an entire lineup can collectively collapse like this yeah you're right this is the team from july august and maybe the very beginning of september maybe this is that team you're right it really sucks and it is baffling it's frustrating it's every it's everything it's everything negative up next is at nyysportsfan96, and they say Cashman needs to go, Hal needs to sell, Boone needs to go. Houston are our daddies. In the last five years, they certainly have been. They're just taking care of the Yankees. They have. What are you gonna do? You gonna deny what's right in front of you? No matter how much it sucks. <laughs> Listen, I'm on. I'm on board with all that. Boone, Hal, Cashman, but I mean. The realistic part of it is they'll probably all be back. Uh, Hal is not selling. They've already said they're not selling. So. At Yankee Ken says, The Yankees can't even get a lead to protect against the Astros. Can't hit Astros pitching. Had not only a historically bad offensive season series against the Astros, but but a historically bad offensive ALCS against them. But Hal and Cash will say it's all good, though. I'm sure they'll find a way to say that, yeah. Or they'll come up with lame-ass excuses like the Yankees did when the roof was open for Game 2. Oh, I think the roof kind of killed us. How about striking out 30 times in the first two games? How about that? Hmm? Yeah, I won't deny that maybe the wind blowing out towards left maybe took some distance out of Judge's fly ball to right field. And yes, my soul did leave my body more so than ever when that ball didn't make it out. No arguments here on either of those counts. But you can also pretend like all of the other disgraceful offensive showings throughout the game had nothing to do with you guys not scoring either. i are just going to omit all of that. <laughs> I mean, come on. <sighs> so much for, like, no moral victories, no excuses or anything like that. At Real Noah Adler, 99, says, Poorly managed, poorly built, poorly coached, no motivation, no desire, no giving a care pathetic and disgraceful. It's getting tiring, the same mindset. Something has to change this winter because this isn't working. Yeah, questionable decision-making, offense, defense, even just everything has been exposed in this series. Everything negative that we were praying would not come out in this series has come out. It's been exposed. Next is at RJB5150 saying, you guys are all going to feel silly when the Yankees come back and win four straight. Yeah, I mean, listen, I wouldn't care about feeling silly. I'll own that and say that I was wrong. I mean, listen, Ralph, if you're a follower of mine, then you should know that I admit when I'm wrong. I'd be thrilled to be wrong about this. I'm still a Yankee fan at the end of the day like you. So, listen, I would love that. I would sure love to feel silly about that. So I hope they win four straight. But otherwise, it's just been frustrating and depressing. And that's why a lot of people might be like, oh, I I tuned in for Mike yelling all over the place today. I wanted rants. And I did raise my voice a couple of times, but I warned you right from the start, guys. I mean, like I've said, we've seen this movie before just with an even worse ending this time, at least going into Game 4, than before. So how many times can you almost pop a blood vessel about the same thing? (laughs) At this point, all anyone like myself feels is just... just sadness. Disappointment. I mean, when you go through the same thing over and over again, there's only so much you could be outraged by it and just blow a gasket over it until you just hit the point. Like, I'm just I'm just sad and disappointed and depressed at this point because we've seen it before. We have. And even when the Yankees lost home field advantage, when they started to turn around negatively during the season, lost home field to the Astros and them having home field again, having the top seed in the American League. I even said the, the expression then, where have I seen this movie before? having to probably end up going to Houston for the ALCS again. I said it months ago, and here we are. So how many times can you go ballistic over the same thing? Eventually, it just gets sad and disappointing. (laughs) So I'm sorry if you don't have a rant today, but I'm just like beaten down today. That's just the mindset that I'm in, like in a state of just reading last rites, like I said. All right, let's keep going. I want to get as many of you in as I can. At Rory Shapiro, one says pathetic and embarrassing. It certainly hasn't been fun. At Frank Florida, oh seven says one fifty six point one fifty six. What is it, the batting average? I, I thought the average was uh one twenty eight when the game ended last night. I I thought in this series. Maybe that's what the DS combined the whole postseason. But yeah, listen, it's it's really disappointing. It really is. At Peace Now for Life, Rebecca. My good friend Rebecca says, I'm so sad, but I'm also angry. This team did not fight like a champion. Just bad at bat after bad at bat. Why can't they ever beat the Astros? So disappointing after a great season. It was a great first half of the season. And then a good September. But yeah, Rebecca, listen, that's, that's why it's just so sad and disappointing at this point because we've seen it before. It's infuriating that they continue to come up like this against the Astros. And more so than anything, like I gave a reason for just me hating this more so than anything is the fact that if you're losing, they're not even going down with a fight. The team checked out last night. That's what annoys me more than anything. And it seems like it annoys you more than anything as well. If you're going to lose, then at least go down with a fight. At Evan D. Wetzel4 says, You never accept my rants, they get too crazy. What is insane is the fact that we have tried the same bleep, can't read that word, try to keep it clean on yapping Yankees, versus the same team since they had to cheat to beat us in 2017. This team has not been fun to watch as we have nothing but false hope on a team I no longer believe in. Starts with how? Yeah, well, Evan, sometimes I, you know, I try to keep it pretty rational on here <laughs> as much as I can. And plus, I can't read curses on this show. I just don't want to. I try to keep Yapping Yankees clean, but I'm reading your reply now. But yeah, listen, it's tough to have hope right now. It is. I mean, is it factually not over yet until it's over? Yeah, it's true. It is. Is anything possible? Yeah, I think it's possible. Just look at the games. Look at the way the team looks. Look at the way they looked last night. But just facing a little bit of adversity in the score, and that was it. It's all took. And I don't blame the frustration with Hal with everybody. Listen, people are upset. If you're out here blaming people for being upset, I I don't know what to say to you anymore. Just just let people be upset. Let people go through it. (laughs) I just don't get it. I I just don't get the gatekeeping. I never have, and I never will. Even if I have people who disagree with my mindset, or with my type of fandom, the passion, the positivity and negativity, and everything in between, you never see me shaming people. I mean, unless it's completely irrational, like it's obvious that what they're saying is completely irrational, then I'll just disagree with them. But even then, I won't shame them. I just don't understand. (laughs) I really don't. Spencer at Musician DMD says my intuition has failed me I never conceived this team could fall 3 to nothing. when the 2012 Tigers swept the Yankees in the ALCS you could see that coming that team reached the ALCS almost by accident this team I expected them to seriously challenge it's humiliating 100% Spencer and I know that you had a lot of hope in this series so I'm sorry my man I really am You're one of the positive people that I really enjoy. But uh, yeah, listen, even though I had the Yankees just objectively losing the series, I still had it going at least six. So this has even surprised me even. It really has. But yeah, that 2012 team, entirely different, especially after Jeter's injury. I mean, you could just, you could feel the the soul of the Yankees just completely sucked out and you were just telling yourself, this series is going to be over in no time. I remember that like it was yesterday. It was 10 years ago. I was watching baseball for only about five years at that point, but even watching then, when I was 15, I could tell at that point that this series was done. So you're absolutely right. And it took everything they had to even get past the Orioles that year. And then especially, yeah, after Jeter's injury, forget about it. Just forget it. But yeah, this team, I expected more out of them in this round. This is seriously as disappointing and as disheartening as it gets. And like I said last night and like I said today, There just aren't any answers for it. There are no answers for it. At RMNY1976 says, 12 hits, 41 strikeouts. Yet people don't believe the man who puts out different random computer-generated lineups every day or the GM who constructed this roster are a problem. Boone and Cashman need to go. They won't win anything until this organizational philosophy changes. Yeah, listen, I I think it definitely has partially to do with leadership too. I think the players aren't performing the way they should. And I do think it's a leadership problem, too. I think all things should be looked into. I've said this. Um I've definitely had my fair criticism of Cashman. Um I have had my disagreements about Boone, even though I'm less willing to blame him than others might. Um because I firmly just believe the manager is given the team that is constructed from people above him, i.e. the GM, and he does the best he can with it. But there have been decisions that Boone has made, namely in the last few days, like it always seems to happen in the big playoff games, that have been made that have been questionable with the team that he was given. So I think everyone should be looked into, absolutely. Especially the people who want to neglect those kind of numbers that you mentioned and just say that in a game like Game 2, that the roof being open at Minute Maid Park was what killed them. Or kinda killed them, however it was that Boone said it. I'm pretty sure he said the roof being open, I think kinda killed us. What what about what about the offensive performance? What about that? Next is at B flippin' seventy four saying, I think it's time to blow it up. Cut some dead weight, Hicks, Donaldson, possibly Stanton. Time to cut ties with Boone and maybe Cashman. Entertain the idea of moving on from Judge, Glaber, etc., and bring the kids up. If we're going to act like a poverty franchise, then be one. I am i don't agree with all that. If they don't bring back Judge, then I'm seriously going to be in a mindset of, like, then what are we even playing for? Like, are you really playing to win? <laughs> but cutting dead weight like Hicks and Donaldson, absolutely I'm on board for. I am not on board for cutting Stanton. Sorry, I just I can't get on that same wavelength. I just can't. If Boone and Cashman were fired, I I wouldn't care. I'm not moving on from Judge. I'm just, I don't know, about Glaber. He did have a better year this year. But there were definitely still spurts of it throughout that were bad. And he has not looked good in the playoffs for the most part. So, I'm I'm iffy on Glaber. Haven't really made a full decision on that yet. I'll probably fully decide that once things are done with throughout the offseason. So, most of this I don't agree with, but definitely cutting dead weight like Hicks and Donaldson, and especially Cashman and even Boone, I could get on the same page as that. Everything else, uh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. Alrighty. Next is at NYY1523 saying, "I'm just over it, man. I'm over it. They've become the Dallas Cowboys of MLB, resting on the past, shiny stadium, talking about commitment to winning." honoring tradition, taking every dollar they can from the fans while putting out an overpriced Walmart product. Yeah, you hear the past mentioned a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I just want to talk about now. And there's no debating the expensive pricing, that's for sure. (laughs) I don't know. I don't have much to say to combat that. Not until they finally finish the job, at least. I'm over it too man I'm, I'm sad I can't stand coming up short over and over again I just can't it's it's sad sad to watch alright I'm going to try to read just a few more we're about to hit the 1 hour and 40 minute mark so we are getting really long here but I mean listen it's a big episode there's a lot to talk about so righty. up next is at Chris Wolfie 14 saying the team will never get better with the current GM and manager Well, I mean, there is evidence the last bunch of years to support that. They do say that the the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result when, in fact, there is none. Well, the same result has managed to stick around this entire time that the Yankees have not been able to finish the job. Have they had successful regular seasons, and should that be commended? Yeah. Yeah. Because nobody's really ever accomplished what the Yankees have managed to when it comes to winning regular seasons. Uh, But they haven't really even won the division many times these last 10 to 15 years at all. So that runs stale eventually. And eventually, you know, you want to win and finish the job. Do the thing that you're playing for in the first place. Winning the freaking World Series here. Next is at Wendell Boyd saying, I told you this team can't beat the Astros. I've been saying that the whole year. (laughs) I've been saying that for months about my worries about head-to-head matchups against the Astros. You don't have to tell me that. Next up is at MD Nelly, my friend Mike saying, built for 162, not built for seven. I said it in April and they fooled me until July. Shame on all of us. Yeah, I mean, listen, the the first half was fantastic. Starting to look like one of the best baseball teams of all time. It was a lot of fun. But yeah, I mean, they've failed in the CS numerous times. Built for 162 because they do manage to have successful regular seasons. So that's true, like I've said, when it comes to their winning regular seasons. Can't deny that. It's just not working out in the playoffs again, as it has so many times these last bunch of years. All right, one more, and then we'll get to our usual final two in My Amazing Girlfriend and Mom. Let's go to at B4Mets underscore Yankees. And they say, The chance Judge returns is less than what it was a few weeks ago. Judge will ask to be paid based on his regular season performance, but the Yankees will use his lack of postseason performance to counter that argument. I still think he stays, though. Yeah, it sucks. That's what makes his postseason being really bad, even more sucky and crappy. No doubt about that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's how it goes, if that's what ends up happening, based on what's happened in the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised by it. I'd be very upset by it. Um, And that's, you know, Judge definitely does have one of the better regular seasons of all time, to use as an argument. But then, if the Yankees feel like countering that and acting like they don't have money with how he did in the playoffs, then it could very well play out like that. But I do agree with that last sentence as well, thinking that he still stays. I still, I still think they'll both find a way to get it done. And if they don't, then, you know, there aren't going to be many more outraged Yankee fans out there than me, as you know, with the one who's been shouting at the rooftops to keep this guy. And I still stick by that, while still acknowledging that his postseason has been really bad. He went through a lot in those last few weeks there. Just probably took a toll on him. I don't think I think he has a chance of potentially turning that around in years in the future if the Yankees are to continue to compete, which of course I hope they do. So yeah, I I could definitely agree with all of that. I think it's pretty sensible. And I also agree with saying that I still think he stays. I hope he does. All right. Final two as always. First up, my girlfriend Vic Salimo saying it was most crucial to win tonight's game, meaning last night. Not only could they not win, they couldn't put up a single run and only had one hit until the very end. The offense was completely lifeless and pathetic. Cole has performed the way an ace should this postseason. He has earned the Yankees' trust. Yet Boone couldn't stick with him to try to get out of that jam. Instead, he not only took him out, but brought in his fourth-at-best-best reliever, who ultimately extended the Astros' lead when he could have taken a chance with his ace? Cole looked disgusted, and he has every right to be, as am I, over this whole thing. Well, I think you speak for everybody, babe. And that's exactly what the S yes Network crew said, and that's what I've said. And I think it's plenty fair. Uh, everything you said is right. I mean, what, <laughs> what am I supposed to say? It's true. The offense is definitely majorly to blame in all this and the decision-making, the defense. Even even yesterday with, with Bader trying to steal a base with the Yankees putting that play on down 2-0 with no offensive life whatsoever and they have Bader running, trying to steal a base. Why? Why? Thrown out to just further kill what was already a, a dead offensive game. Why? Just doesn't make sense. Does not. Last but certainly not least is my mom, Julia Gina Scudero. And she says, my feelings are just cut off. They're just dead. I am done watching an Aaron Boone who just will not answer questions truthfully. I understand he protects his players, but he will just straight up lie with certain questions and avoiding certain questions regarding his decisions, especially in last night's game with bringing in Trevino. It's really hard to say this, but if getting swept means losing Cashman and getting a real manager instead of one we have now that created just as sulky of a mood for his players as he himself portrays, I'd say okay. As for the players, are you freaking kidding me? I mean, yeah, listen, it's... (sighs) It's tough to really combat that. I, of course, always want the Yankees to win because I'm a Yankee fan. But I understand people being this frustrated with the front office. And also, like you said, the players at the end. Are you freaking kidding me? The blame goes to the players as well. It goes to everybody. Top to bottom. Shame on everyone. Nobody's free of the blame. And Yeah, listen. Boone really just straight up couldn't really answer that question about Trevino last night. And... The attitude just seems really flawed. The mindset seems really flawed. It has for a long time. These are undeniable facts. That's all you could really say. So I understand the frustration, everybody. I can't really say much to combat much of it unless it's just completely irrational. Um. Yeah. That's all there really is to say. And now it's the late 7 o'clock hour. They're still wanting to start this game around... 8.30-ish, so we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. If it does, then we'll see what happens. Do the Yankees live to fight another day in Game 5? They'll have to face Verlander again probably in Game 5. Or does it end tonight and, in the most disappointing and embarrassing fashion, get swept at home in front of their home crowd by the Houston Astros and lose to them in the ALCS for the third time in the last five or six years? since 2017 which one happens we'll have to wait and see it was a long ass episode today because we had a lot to talk about and just a lot to get through and it's tough to get through quickly when you're just sad like me just beaten down I'm sorry for those of you who wanted an explosion today and you didn't get one Um, but I'm just not at that point anymore I'm sure you could tell the passion is still there in my words that I'm using. But like I said, I can only explode about the same thing so many times before I just accept that this is just the way that it is. And me exploding about it after a certain amount of times is just going to do little to nothing about it. And I might as well just come on here and tell the truth. Just say what's going on in reality, whether we like it or not, whether it tastes like vinegar or pasta, which is my favorite food. (laughs) Just, it has to be said. I don't know. Everybody's frustrated. Everybody's discouraged. So if you positive gatekeepers out there who want to make it seem like you never feel an ounce of negativity in your entire lives want to shame us, for just being down with the Yankees being down 3 0, then go ahead. And if the Yankees do come back, well, then listen, there's going to be nobody happier than me. And that team will get my credit, and I will be the first one to admit that I was completely wrong. But in this situation, based on the way the Yankees have played, you want to tell me that I don't have a right to feel the way I do? Like I said, give me an entire break with that. An entire break. because that's just not very reasonable. So we'll see what happens tonight. Game four. I think the Yankees are done, no matter how many games it takes. I'm not saying that they will 100% lose tonight. I don't know what's going to happen tonight. But I did have the Astros still winning this series. I had it in six originally. Uh, So I did expect at least even more so than what we've gotten with the Yankees at the very least. I still expected more. But here we are down 3-0. And we'll see what the Yankees have for the rest of the series, however much longer it might be. And we'll also see if the weather holds up tonight, see if they could even get this game fully in. And in the meantime, Yankee fans everywhere turn their discouraged eyes over to Nestor Cortez to see if he can keep their year alive. We'll see what happens. But as for now, guys, that is all for episode 160 of Yapping Yankees, and I think this is the longest episode of all time. I definitely don't think I've gone an hour and 50 before. (laughs) If you don't already, guys, be sure to follow me on all socials. Mike Scudero and Y is my Facebook fan page. My Twitter is at Mike Scudero, and my Instagram is MikeScuds97. Subscribe to Yapping Yankees on all four of the platforms. It's available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Show your love across all four of them, like you always do. Such a great job at doing, my friends. If you've missed any episodes, episodes 34 up to episode 160 today are all available on YouTube. And all episodes going all the way back to episode 1, all the way up to episode 160 today, are available on Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud, but once again, thank you 3000 for listening to me yap today, as always, my good people, as always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, October 30th, when I come at you with episode 161 of Yapping Yankees, but until then, guys, you know the deal, be patient, stay safe, look out for your loved ones, And Yankees, we'll see what you've got. Are you going to let it all go tonight? Are you going to somehow by miracle mount one of the greatest comebacks probably in sports history, especially given the context between the Yankees and Astros? Time will tell how the rest of this series goes and how many games we'll have to recap next week when I talk to you. And the Yankees will either be out or they'll be in the World Series facing the Philadelphia Phillies in what nobody expected to be a 2009 rematch. (laughs) How about that, huh? But uh, we know how the chances of that look at this time, but we'll see what happens. In the meantime, for this coming week, like I've said for the past few weeks in a row, why don't you go ahead and regardless of what happens and how hard the Yankees make it on you to do this, go right ahead and kick life's ass this week, my friends. Otherwise... We'll see what happens with the rest of this ALCS, guys. I'll talk to you next Sunday. Take care.